Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and my picks on gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. It is the month of August, and depending on how you view this month, you might be really fired up. You might just be waiting for September for football to really begin in earnest. Nonetheless, for us as veterans, that means the NFL futures market is certainly worth a deep dive, and that's what we're going to do on this edition of Full Slate as we bring in Simon Hunter. From the Action Network, follow him at Simon Hunter, T-A-N, host of the Favorites Pod with the Action Network and the Volume. Simon, it is good to have you aboard. How are you doing, my guy? Good, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely fun coming back on after last year. It's good to be back on. Yeah, and, and I don't know, maybe Cody was just warming you up a little bit because now you're in here with me. I know you're a Philly guy like I am, so... Uh, it's good to have you back and, and we'll shoot the breeze a bit. I got to ask you right off the bat, uh, growing up in the area, I grew up in Cherry Hill. I know you're in what Atlantic city right now. Yeah. So did you have a favorite cheesesteak spot growing up? And, you know, well, I, I suppose these are all things that we have to cover our bases on right away. My favorite Philly sports athlete, you know, let's just check these boxes off right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh so for cheesesteak i actually is outside of philly um i got this place in camden called donkey's place which is um it's heard a lot pretty, of good things yeah it's it's definitely different where it's not like a normal cheesesteak like people think of but to me it's the best it's like a old school bar in camden which if you're from the air you know camden's a little sketchy but it, it's definitely worth the trip into camden to get a cheesesteak yeah, no, uh, that's definitely uh, – it's funny. Finding some of those off-the-beaten-path spots uh, can be one of the pleasures when you're from the area. And, and certainly when we're watching the Eagles every Sunday, you know you're going to get the Pats and Dino's mention or the, the live shot coming back from a commercial break. And, um, you know, the locals like us kind of know that you got to 
veer a little more uh, towards some of the better spots. And, and so finding a spot like that can certainly be uh, a fun joy. How about uh, as far as your cheese? Are you pro of American? <laughs> yeah, right. So that's that's definitely a Philly thing. Um, I would say I do that if I go to Geno's or Pat's, which like anyone from this area, there's if you're eventually you're going to get drunk and someone's going to be like, let's just drive over the bridge to go get Geno's. And that's pretty much how <laughs> that goes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's stuff where it's like, I, I do love whiz, but I'm, I'm forever an American cheese kind of guy. So I, I either do whiz or I go American cheese. Okay. Yeah. I'm an American or pro guy, but, uh, I, I don't know. I think whiz is kind of cheating it a little bit, but like, I don't know. It's just kind of fake cheese in my opinion. So, um, I'll look for the American when I can get it. How about growing up? I was Ryan Howard was always my guy with the Phillies. Uh, somebody that I always felt was really underappreciated, uh, yeah, injuries, maybe he's a hall of famer. So, uh, did you have somebody that you, uh, idolized, had to see him play every night? Yeah, I was definitely the classic, uh, just a diehard Utley guy. Like for sure. Phillies, I just love the fact that he was like a man of few words and his playing style, he just always played pissed off. And I feel like as a Philadelphia sports fan, I feel like that's what most of us are. But I would say for, for the major sports, um, it's tough. I grew up uh, just during the whole Eagles run of Dawkins with McNabb. And I would I, – like I do love McNabb, but I'm like most oh, like, yeah. sports fans where it's always mixed feelings about McNabb because it's like – Love, hate, hate, right. Right. So I, I would definitely put my number one for Eagles as Dawkins. Um, but McNabb's right there just because that was just such a legendary run. I mean, we literally every year we were in the NFC championship game. So it was one of those where as much as I hate the guy, I still respect the hell out of him. So let's talk a little bit about this Eagles team in 2021. Obviously, there's a lot of, I think, variance in opinion. You, depending on who you talk to, you might see somebody that could – give you the full optimistic nine win, 10 win season, win the division. And others would tell you three wins drafted in the top five next year. Where do you fall on the birds this year? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those where you're like, uh, I'm lucky where I do have a system that's telling me what to do and what to pick where it, it takes the emotion out of it. So as an Eagles fan, I'm, I'm right there with all the locals. It's like, right. yeah, Jalen, Jalen hurts will be a top 10 guy. We're going to blow the roof off. You know, everyone, Everyone drinking the Kool-Aid. That's just how it is with your favorite team in August. There's no way not to have high hopes. <laughs> but, uh, the rational side, it's Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. And he's one of these guys that, again, I don't want to put too much on last year because it was a disaster. But he just seems like one of these guys that I love it, that we're going to know this year if he's good or not. Because he's one of these guys where they're not going to give him a long leash. It's it's literally going to be this year and the next year we have about three first-round draft picks, or maybe two if Carson Wentz is hurt. But it's just right. one of those where I, I, I bet they're under because logically it's it's pretty much a, above a 60% chance of them going under six and a half. And but, I think that's the plus money is on the under on that one, right? Right. Because, again, we have to think about all the diehard Eagles fans. They're going to see that number. They're going – in a 17-game schedule, you're telling me this team can't go 7-10? and 10. So it, it's definitely one of those where Joe Public's going to come on the over. 7-10? and 10? Just, Yeah. Right. That just sounds like that's easy to get to. But I view it as I just think the Eagles and the Giants are just two teams that are just going to be the bottom feeder of those divisions. So I, I definitely think you're getting good value on there on 6.5. Before we get into more of the specifics about just strategies in the future, 
futures market. I do want to ask you from an emotional standpoint, as everybody's going to be excited about their teams this time of year, training camps are underway. Hall of Fame game is Thursday evening. Everybody else be getting preseason action next week. But I, I got to tell you, I have long felt that this is one of the biggest teases in sports when everybody's like more weekends now football until after the Super Bowl now and it's just like are you really watching every snap of the Hall of Fame game are you really watching preseason football every weekend as if it's a regular season weekend like I'm sorry I I just I, I never buy this hype as far as football back until we have that first Sunday from you know, one o'clock to 11 o'clock Eastern when Sunday night football is over. So I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know if you can get jacked up for these games in August, but I can't. Uh, yeah. So for hall of fame game, I'm, I'm going to bet this game simply because of what you just said. I, I, I got the itch, man. I've literally been sitting here for six months. <laughs> um, the, the angle part's all a little bit of BS. It's, it's, Again, I can run my system for preseason, but what am I doing here? Like, there's 90 guys on a team right now. It's There's just too much data. So I'm, I'm definitely not one of those guys where I watch all preseason. But I definitely have angles I play where it, it just comes down to quarterback for me. So there's there's certain backups that I have a high, highly respect for, and I have them graded above other teams' backups where I definitely find advantage in playing that stuff. But the way it is, sportsbooks, they're not going to take more than a grand on any of these preseason games. So – it's tough to make a lot of money on it, but there is a lot of advantage in preseason. But, yeah, there's zero chance I'm watching full preseason games. I don't care how much money I bet on it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, in lockstep with kind of the way I think. I mean, I'm to give myself a little more vested interest, but my enthusiasm for football doesn't really ramp up until we turn the calendar page to September. Really after Labor Day, when the summer ends, is when I can really start getting jacked up for the pigskin but we gambling podcast and we're looking to the futures market and that's really why we're on here so let's just paint some broad strokes right out of the bat and when we think about futures offerings that are out there obviously the win totals are very popular this bull market is going to get hit pretty hard and certainly the divisions and conference winners those as well uh, and the props the offerings just seem to expand every year as far as what you can take and and then you can get creative with the head-to-head win what do you tend to look at this time of year as we get to start the preseason yeah my i'm a little weird with futures market um uh i try to give the people advice of those sports books they want you to bet the stuff because they want your money like they would love nothing more to hold your money for the next year um so it's one of those where I want people to bet stuff that's worth the value of having their money being held by someone else for months at a time. So an early lesson my boss told me when I moved out to Vegas was the 20 to 1 rule, which pretty much if it's worse than 20 to 1, you really got to think to yourself, why the hell am I betting this? Like, why am I tying my money up in this futures when I can get this really great value on something else later in the season? So. It is one of those where I, if I'm betting futures, I'm doing a lot of long shots and just things that people are going to think that sounds stupid and crazy in August, but come December, they're going to see what I was seeing where there was value on sure. certain players. So it's definitely one of those where it's hard because the common people just don't get that. Like last year, I, I told people in early August to bet Herbert for rookie of the year. I think it was uh, 19 to one or maybe 20 to one. 
And at the time, he wasn't even a starter. You weren't really hearing much about him out of camp. It was one of those where I feel like you didn't hear much about him until the end of August, early September. And then Tyrod had the whole injury thing, so he was able to step in week one and play. But it wasn't just that. It was one of those where mm-hmm. I, I'm going off value-based. So I knew everyone in the world was going to bet Joe Burrow. I think he was plus 200 at the time to be rookie of the year. And for good yeah, reason. The guy was yeah. the, the first overall pick. But when I look at it, I go, what is the value? Okay, I only need to hit this 19, only once out of every 19 times I bet it, if you're betting something 19 to 1. So that's what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm just playing the odds and knowing that over the long term, if you bet Joe Burrow plus 200, that's a loser's bet. That's what they want you to do. You, you want to take these long shots that you hit maybe once every three, four years, but that adds up to your bankroll because you're getting better number on return. So that's my advice to people. If you're looking at doing futures right now, you, you're trying to get the best of the number. You don't want to get like people are betting the Bucks and the Chiefs. That's boring and you're not getting great value. You want to, if you want to bet the Buccaneers, wait until middle of October when they're maybe two and four, three and four, where they're not doing that great, but you know they're going to be great later on. So that's that's what you want to do. You want to wait on the odds of these high level teams. You want to buy stock at the bottom of the market and short stock at the top of the market, uh, and more or less at that point, that's when, from a strategic standpoint, you'll be able to find some more success, uh, even if there's a loser in there here or there. We understand that, but again, like you said, be Eating the line moves and the market uh, adjustments are, are really what this whole thing's about for futures market. Uh, yeah, I mean, like right now, the Bucks and the Chiefs, like it is what it is. And I guess last year, right, the Bucks were a pretty trendy Super Bowl future with Brady going there and everything. But the Atlanta Falcons, I'm going to get into them as far as a win total. The new coach this year wasn't that long ago. They were up 28 to three in the Super Bowl. And- yeah, I, I definitely try to take that view. I mean, again. That's what people, they don't want to hear what I have to say because I'm, they want to be happy and love their team where I'm the kind of guy that's just the grim reaper. And again, the Buffalo Bills are another one of these teams where um, they're going to be hyped up hard this year. But you just look at the history. It, it's just so unlikely that they're going to repeat the success they had last year. You, you needed Josh Allen to play out of his mind. And like you just talked about, the team with the Atlanta Falcons. This is a nice team where you're you're getting a team that's bringing a new a new head coach and Arthur. Uh, I I don't know the whole deal with Matt Ryan. Um, he could be cooked, but at the same time, I, I just look at that offense and all the weapons around it, and in that division where people see the Saints taking a step back. We like we just talked with the Buccaneers. I get the hype, but at the same time, Tom Brady's 44. It, it just can't keep working out for them. Even last year, they were the fifth seed. They weren't blowing away everyone they, they they definitely limped into the playoffs but then they took off from there so it's one of those where the falcons are sitting at seven and a half for win totals that's a fair price and then you look at the divisional price it's hard to not think they're the second best team in that division where they have a great out to the saints are the second best team so if you're you're looking for value i definitely love the value on atlanta and that the afc uh, the nfc south right now because it's it's still one of these things where people are going to come in heavy on the bucks and then they'll bet the Saints. They're not really thinking about Atlanta. So I'm with you on I do like that value on Atlanta. Yeah. And so I'll just finish it off right now. I do have one other win total I'll get to later on. But I'm going over seven and a half with Atlanta. I'm laying some juice to do it minus a dollar thirty-five minus a dollar forty. And eight to one to win the division right now, bet online. And it's just Tampa Bay is minus two dollars. So it, it certainly uh would be uh, you know a hefty price tag that you're going for to get Tampa and, and New Orleans like I, I don't really know 
to think of them. The whole offense is going to be different. Obviously, a quarter Michael Pittsburgh from the season, it seems like. So I think Atlanta's live here. Matt Ryan, you mentioned him. Maybe he's toast. But on the other hand, I don't know. Matt Ryan was fourth in the passing yards last year. And, yeah, he lost Julio Jones, but they bring in Kyle Pitts, who's this generational tight end prospect. Arthur Smith got Ryan Tangle's career resurrected in Tennessee. Derek Henry back-to-back rushing titles for Tennessee under Arthur Smith. Corey Davis had a career year here, so I'm really drinking the Arthur Smith Kool-Aid. I, I don't think this offense takes a step back at all post-Julio Jones. And the defense can't get any worse. They were the worst secondary in the NFL last year. They completely overhauled their safety room. Eric Harris and Deron Harmon, a couple veterans they brought in in free agency, drafted a couple rookies, Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant. Uh, and this, the corners, they're just looking for internal improvement from, from Isaiah Oliver, Kendall Sheffield, Terrell, all guys that they've drafted recently. So uh, I think they're banking on some internal improvement plus some external additions in the secondary to go to the seven and a half. Anything you're seeing, going to bounce around from to the other divisions. Anything else as far as the NFC South? I'm a Temple guy. I went to Temple, so I always kind of root for Matt Rule. And the Panthers, we'll see what they do with a new quarterback. Uh, but any final words on on the NFC South, Simon? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm again, I, I've been trying to tell people, I know it sounds crazy because I get people love Winston and they think he's more of a quarterback, but even more so now with Michael Thomas being out, that, that team in the Saints just feels like it's built for Tyson Hill where they're going to be a run first team because they have literally no good receivers. Uh, again, people go look at their receiving chart. They have terrible receivers. Yeah. And, and I get the whole Winston thing, but he was throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and he threw 30 interceptions. Again, go look at the Saints receivers. It, it's it's horrible. So I still like the value of plus 220, plus 200, depending on your sports book, for Taysom Hill to be the week one starter. So I, I think people are uh, they're giving too much credit to Winston. Where I do love Winston, too. He was fun to watch. But for me, for that way that team's constructed, it just seems like they're going to be a grinded out beat you by running it down your throat kind of team with Kamar and Tyson Hill. So I, I still like that value of Tyson Hill week one starter plus 200. That's a good call there. And, and you're right. As, as far as the personnel, it would kind of lend itself to uh, being the week one starter there. Let's, let's go to the NFC East where the NFC East and the AFC North right now, it looks like, are the only divisions where all four teams are plus money to win the division. So certainly it doesn't appear. Dallas is a slight favorite here in this division over the reigning NFC champ, Washington. Folk know there's that stat the repeat NFC champion. If you know that at all, I think that's just a fluke thing. And year after year, but you kind of mentioned it uh, that you thought the Giants and the Birds were going to be uh, two of the bottom feeders, obviously priced like that, and, and two teams that you're not really interested in. I do think it's interesting to point out that the Giants are significantly shorter on the division price. at It looks like a little longer than 3-1 to one at most shops, whereas the Eagles are plus 650 to win this division. So uh, I don't know that the gap between those two teams is that wide, but uh, do you see this as, as a two-team race between Dallas and Washington? Yeah, definitely. And it's, I've actually bet the Giants to finish fourth. Again, it's just their fan base. Like, I, I'm, we're in the same area as me where we have friends that are Giants fans. <laughs> they, they still think Daniel Jones could oh, be a God. good quarterback. They, they honestly right. believe that. And it's, it's one of those where 
Well, well, now they're having all sorts of fights at training camp, and I don't know what's going on there. I actually love that shit. I I love that because it's like (laughs) legit passion and role, especially if somebody used to play football. There's always fights. Like people just say some shit that cross the line, and you're like, all right, I'm going to get that guy at some point. So, from a top standpoint, uh, would you factor in, like, how much, if at all, you factor in Barkley's? knee injury and just as far as I'd be leery of betting him in any you know rushing props or rushing champion I just don't want any part of it again I'm just I'm just so about the quarterbacks the way the NFL is built nowadays where right you don't get that Trent Dilfer like that guy that just gets carried by the, like a, I mean I guess you can say sure. Peyton Manning got carried by the Broncos but it's still it was a Hall of Fame brain inside of a broken Broncos. body I mean he yeah, right. Garoppolo made it, made that run on a team that was just running the ball with a great defense. But it's one of those where I, I think the the Cowboys, um, like you said, that trend of no repeat winner, that's a weird one that I, I am a believer of it getting broken. Because when I look at Washington, again, I'm not the biggest Fitz guy, but I just think all the pieces they have around them is really great. Like offensively, ter- they got like Scary Terry. People don't talk about it. He, he's probably one of the top receivers in the league, McLaurin. And I saw him at 30 to 1 to lead the league in receiving. I, I like that value at 30 to 1 just because it's, it's, again, it's Fitz. Fitz loves to put it up. So for me, it's one of these teams where I'm banking it on Dak coming off a serious knee injury. He's already got shoulder problems, right? He's missing right. practice in early August with shoulder issues. It, it's one of these where they're always going to be bet up because they're diehard fan base. So for me, again, I bet, I bet weird. Like, I'm ba- I'm over here bashing the Eagles team. I still took Hurts because he got up to 101 to win MVP. I made that bet because there is a world where he could have a Lamar Jackson season. This guy right. could break out and just be a freak athlete and just have an all-world season. Do I believe that? Not at all. But at 101, I'm going to put that money down. So that's what I mean. I, I'm going to bash these teams, but I am involved. So that's what goes with Washington. I'll, I'll talk shit about Fitz because – Fitz, Fitz is bad. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He, he's just a streaky quarterback. But just with that D-line, I have to back Washington. They're, it's one of the best D-lines we've ever seen in the history of football. And it's it's one of these where I just can't walk away and not bet Washington. So for that division, I, I, I'm all in on Washington. You know, one other thing that you pointed out uh, that I just want to talk about from a strategic standpoint, with when it comes to that Hurts 100-1 to MVP ticket, I think the other thing that you kind of hinted at with your 20 to one rule, just trying to throw some long shot darts here. I think the other thing that really makes the futures market so interesting in that regard is if you do by November, maybe Jalen Hurts is having that Lamar Jackson season, or like you said with Herbert last year. And I think there's a lot of interesting hedging opportunities that can come from those shots, right? Because Herbert didn't, uh, or actually, no, he did end up winning, right? Because uh, Jefferson finished second. So um, even if they don't win, though, if you're sitting on a live ticket of a guy at 100 to one or some crazy price, are you one that would look at at hedging opportunities and middles on some of these prices that are out there in the futures market? Maybe it's a you know one. I mentioned Atlanta at eight to one. If you have them at the division and all of a sudden they're in it come December, how do you try to hedge that or, or middle it that way? Do you look at those kinds of possibilities with your futures tickets? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I'll, I'll have to read, see what I tweeted out last year. So I, I literally had Jefferson, too, on that list. So I gave him out 25 to 1. So, I, again, it was just I could have not missed on that rookie of the year last year where I luckily had had Jefferson. I had the one and two guys, so I didn't even need the hedge. But for me as a professional, that like 
I, I, again, I don't want to get too much into it, but I, I, with uh, the company I work for, Action Network sold, and um, it, it was one of those where I made some good money off it, but it wasn't like life-changing kind of money. Um, so for me, when I gamble, it's still how I make my living. And I know the like, old saying, hedging is for cowards. As a professional, every single bet I make, I hedge because all I'm doing is value-based betting. So the Bucks, I had two different tickets of them at 50 to one and then one ticket of 40 to one for them to win the Super Bowl last year. Not because I had any inside information about Tom Brady going there. I just knew that they were a playoff team that if Jameis Winston would just had made a little less interceptions, they would have been in the playoffs. And at 50 to one, I'm happy to have any team in the playoffs at that odds. So again, you, that's how you get lucky on these things where I hit on that last year. And it's one of those where now I'm good for a couple of years, but I hedged out the whole time. So I hedged out when they played Green Bay. I hedged when they played the Saints. And I, I pretty much rode with it in the Super Bowl because I was on the Bucks. So that's one of those where, yeah, I might have lost $10,000, $15,000 hedging. But it's just because you have to hedge. I mean, it's literally – it was a $3 investment to win over $100,000. I'd be stupid not to keep investing and trying to hedge out that money. So it's one of those people listening. Every bet I make, it's just for that exact opportunity you talked about, hedging. It's literally – the best feeling in the world is hedging a bet that you invested a thousand dollars and you're hedging to get 50,000 back. So I love hedging. <laughs> Let's keep things moving in the NFC and go to the NFC North where the Aaron Rodgers drama, at least for now, seems to be a sideshow. And he has reported to, Bron- to excuse me, Broncos Packers camp. And uh, he is a part of the fold there in green Bay uh, and the Packers are obviously the favorite in this division with number 12 back signed up and ready to go. Minish, I think, is an interesting number two choice. They're one to win the tournament. It's just a matter of when they hand the keys to Justin Fields and Detroit, obviously bringing up the rear in a bit of transitioning from Matthew Stafford, new coach. So when you look at this division, uh, I'm intrigued by Minnesota just because I don't really like Kirk Cousins much, but I do like the skill guys they have around him. Uh, and so I, I think you could talk me into Minnesota uh, on that price. And certainly the Vikings at a sitting at a win total of nine, you know, I, I think I would look to them going over that. Uh, Green Bay, it feels like every year we're doing this where it's like, oh, this is it, right? Rodgers and the, and the gang, like, they're going to go away. Bet the Packers win total under, and it hasn't really happened yet. Uh, so how do you see this division? Yeah, first thing you want to do is go ahead and bet that Vikings under nine win total. Uh, every bookmaker I've talked to, at, I'm up to like 15 books, I bet it. Um, every time I walk in, I say, who's the highest bet team right now for overs? And every single book, it's it's been the Vikings at night. Wow. So, I, I, okay. I, I'm, I don't know what the exact numbers is. That's what I wish action. I should have got these numbers for. And I guarantee you, it's it's above 95% of the bet is on uh, the over of the Vikings. So Would not have is, guessed that. Right. So, this is one of these where it could be a little skewed because I think the public was thinking for real that Aaron wasn't going to play or come back because the media was telling them that. So, I've been talking for months about how there was no leverage. He was in no position to get anything from them or make them do anything. And I luckily bet on his bluff. So I got the Chargers uh, simply because everyone thought he was going to Denver. The Chargers had really good odds at this point. They got up to 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So I took the Chargers and I took Green Bay at 28 to 1 uh, to win the Super Bowl. So 
these are two things that the media affected and I got good value on simply because they wanted clicks. They wanted people reading their articles about the Rodgers news when there really was no news. He, he just never was in a position to, to really sit out the season. So that's one of those where I, I have it graded out actually as Green Bay. I think I think Fields is going to be the starter for the Bears. I have them in there at number two. And then I have the Minnesota Vikings. And of course, like everyone else, I'm so down on Detroit. I've, uh, I have their under win total five. So it's one of those where I've gone under on them. I've gone under on the Vikings. And I've gone over. I, I believe most books is at seven or seven and a half for the Bears. And then I've gone over for uh, Green Bay, which was at nine, but it might be up to 10 now. So do you, do you like Fields? I'm just curious with that Bears bet. Like, what was it? Because I think we're going to see him pretty soon. Nagy and Pace there in Chicago got to start winning games. You think he's a guy that can come in and, and win games and, you know, at least make them flirt with the playoffs? He's a lock. I mean, I, I get what they're thinking here. They're they're going, all right, let's let's feed Andy Dolan to the Wolves week one against the Rams and just let him get slaughtered by Darnold. But I, I know the hype's going to catch up to him. Like, you've already – I'm sure you've been online. You've just seen how uh, anytime he makes any type of long throw, uh, the media is going to post it, Justin Fields. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's got to be one of those where they're just going to keep bringing it up, keep bringing it up. I mean, again, I, I get what they're trying to do and say, but it's just not logical where you, you have to start Justin Fields. And that's why I do like them, um, like you were saying, why I'm into them. It's one of those when it's a new quarterback, there's no real film on. So these defenses, it's tougher for them to prep against someone they don't have good film against and they don't have a game script against. Eventually, he'll get figured out. That's what I'm hoping is it won't be till maybe way later in the season where, you know, he's going to see these divisional teams two times. They're going to figure them out. So it's one of those I'm banking on them, stealing some wins here in an easy division. And, you know, seven and a half for this team with this defense, I, I just think there are a lot of wins there that were left on the table last year simply because of the quarterback play that I will see a big improvement from Justin Fields with that. Let's wrap up the NFC with the best division maybe in the entire National Football League, and that is the NFC West, the Los Angeles Rams, and San Francisco 49 Co-favorites, it appears, at most shops at about 2-1 to one to win the division for each team. Seattle, uh, very closely the third choice here at plus 260, and Arizona bringing up the rear here at plus 475, 5-1 one at some shops as well we talked about a quarterback situation in chicago i mentioned san francisco being a co-favorite with the rams you think we see trey lance pretty soon as well yeah i drink the kool-aid man i i tried fighting it but i love trey i love him and i <laughs> i saw him on FanDuel like whatever it was three days ago at 120 to one to be mvp of the league and i know it'd be insane if it ever happened but I, I just can't not do it. Like RG3 with Kyle Shanahan, him and him, they have so many similarities, Trey Lance and RG3. And I, I just keep going back to that year with Kyle and RG3 and RG3 literally took the league over. And it's one of those where I know they're going to, they're trying to say all the right things about Jimmy. It's just pure trade bait. So for me, I'm hoping they trade Jimmy and they, they do start Trey Lance. But and the more I talk to pros, I, I, all the pros are pretty much any guy I talk to, they're all over um, the Rams. But I can't do it. I can't do it with Stafford, man. I just, I just been burned by this guy way too many times. I know all the talent and how good he is, but it's one of those where I think the team that no one's talking about that has, sure they have plenty of weaknesses and they did terrible last year, but it's still Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. So for best value for that division, I, I've been on the Seahawks because I just think 
these are all pretty equal teams with a lot of deficiencies, but there's certain teams that are just get hyped up at this time of year. And everyone remembers what they saw last. They saw those, the Seahawks losing it at home in the playoffs to the Rams. So people are just going to be down on the Seahawks where that's where I have to find the value. I have to take the team that people don't like, and that's going to be the Seahawks this year. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess to kind of round out the conversation, you, we talked about the three teams, the first three choices, but by process of elimination, do you think that makes Arizona under eight and a half wins a decent better? You just steering clear of the team in the desert altogether. Yeah, I know. I took the under. It's it's one of those where until they get a new head coach, I'm, I'm going to be fading. Arizona. I just think <laughs> Kingsbury Looking is a boy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's. He's out of his element. I respect the dude. He's got a legendary house, like that still photo of him in his house chilling for the draft. That was epic. But the dude is – I'm looking for a Belichick, some grimly old dude who just doesn't speak, has no style, no fashion, and he's just a football guy. I just – I can't see this guy making the right decisions. Last year, they just completely fell apart at the end of the season. I think that was mainly because of him. So I'm, I'm off Arizona big time. Let's go to the AFC, where I think the AFC East is pretty interesting this year. You mentioned it. How likely is Buffalo to replicate its success? Obviously, we're seeing them as your favorite in this division. you got to lay, it looks like, to back the Bills to win the division. Uh, Miami and New England, just about the same here. And, one, and, of course, the Jets likely to be one of the worst teams in the league in year number one with Robert Sala calling the shots there in northern New Jersey. So, Simon, let's just start there. Uh, then are you playing one of these teams, Miami or New England, at that nice price to win the division? Yeah, just people have to understand, this is just the way the football is, man. Like, I love Josh Allen. I was all in on the Bills last year. But it's just one of these leagues where it's so hard to be consistent. That's why, I mean, there's, what, five great quarterbacks that are consistent year in, year out, and the rest – it's just always moving pieces. So it's one of these where they actually remind me of the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, where Carson Wentz had that crazy great year. Right. And then the following year, the Eagles went 9-7, and seven, and they limped into the playoffs with right. Nick Foles coming in. So it's one of these where, again, j- crazy town. Josh Allen, no one's denying that. But we're getting, a, we're getting a guy who went from, you know, completing 40% to 60% in a year. That's – that's a huge jump, and I feel like if he's in the middle at 50% with a couple more turnovers, this is going to be a 10-7 and 7 team. So, for me, I, I still see this being a battle with Miami. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the Tua hype. I, I placed a little wager. Usually, I do a grand on these MVP bets. I only did 500 for Tua at 60-1. Uh, 60 to 1. So, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid simply because... I've seen the talent from two. I saw what he did at Bama. I know he has the talent. I knew he had a major hip injury. He was coming off a major hip injury last year. He claimed he didn't really know the offense, which was pretty terrifying. But from everything I've read, this guy's really picked up the offense. He's making big plays. They've surrounded him with a ton of weapons. The only pause with Miami is everything going on with Xavier and Howard, which is arguably the number one cornerback in all football. So, it's, it's one of those where I, I haven't made any substantial bets on Miami so far, but I have made that one bet on Tua because I, I just love the talent there with that kid. How about Bill Belichick and company? Win total nine and a half. Any lean there? Yeah, can't do it. Can't take the over. I, I, I do respect the hell out of Bill, but it's just, again, the quarterback position. Uh, we saw what Cam was last year. Cam broke down after maybe five games. And 
Mac Jones, uh, I, I get the hype, but he seems like one of these guys that he was surrounded by all the best pieces at Alabama. All, I think all three of his receivers went in the first round, and uh, he had two offensive linemen going to both in the top 50. So it's one of those where, okay, if Mac Jones is surrounded by incredible talent, I sure, I'm sure he is great. But that's just not the way he's in the NFL. And he's not surrounded by great talent on that team. We saw they added two tight ends to try to fix their receiving woes, which made no sense. I don't know what they're doing there. So for one, for me, I, I get all the moves they made. All the players are getting back. But I'm still going to take hey that. Hey, man, former Eagles and Aguilar's up there now. I saw that. I, I saw I saw that he has a big connection with Cam Newton. But it, it's – it's one of those where I'm just staying away from the Patriots where I'm taking their under just because I just don't believe in everything they've done up there. So let's go to another division with some interesting quarterbacks. The AFC North, a couple of former number one overall picks, Burrow and Baker Mayfield, a former MVP and Lamar Jackson and a future Hall of Famer and Ben Roethlisberger. This division uh, also looks uh, pretty intriguing. Obviously, there's a lot of love for the Cleveland Browns after going to Pittsburgh and winning that playoff game a year ago. They're as the favorite in this division. Uh, right now, if you're interested, it is Baltimore and Cleveland basically co-favorites at plus a dollar fee. Pittsburgh, a little longer than four to one. Obviously, Cincinnati not quite ready to eat yet for the playoffs. They're still at 12 to one to win the division, but I could definitely see the Bengals improving Looks like a pretty strong division. Which way do you go with any particular leans as far as the cream of the crop in the North? I'm with I feel like everyone's on the same boat as you were like, we hope that the Bengals could be better this year. And that would just be fun because, you know, it just feels <laughs> like they're just that loser <laughs> franchise, especially after everything with Andy Dolan, where it was like every year they made the playoffs and they would just lose no matter right. what. Right. Burrow's got his old boy, Jamar Chase there. Yeah, high hopes, but uh, it's still one of those where I think they're a year or two away just because that right. that division, like we talked about, the um, you know NFC West is one of the best divisions in football. That's how I look at the AFC, where AFC North, it's, it's unreal how good the Browns are, and the same with Baltimore. Just all the moves both those teams have made have just been great, A. And we saw with, with Pittsburgh last year, they, they kind of peaked. Injuries caught up to them. They just fell apart. And it's one of those where coming in the year, we're all, everyone, I, even myself included, are just down on Pittsburgh. We just look at that team that they've lost a lot of guys on defense. Their offensive line is just, you know, they've lost way too many guys off the offensive line. And for a guy like Big Ben, that's that's definitely a red flag. So coming to this year, I wanted to be on to Baltimore because I hate the fact that I'm betting futures on Browns. But I drank the Kool-Aid, man. I gave in, and I just look at this team on paper, and they're top three right now for my personal rankings on defensive side. Like, just across the board, the talent they have. So it's one of those where I I, I hated doing it. I felt gross doing it. But I, I bet them at 10-1 to 1 to just win the AFC, not Super Bowl. Because, again, it's a hedge opportunity where I could see them playing the Chiefs and losing to the Chiefs in the AFC championship. So I took them 10-1 to 1 to win the AFC of the Browns right now. And I – I felt gross doing it, but it's one of those where Baker's playing for his career right now. They didn't give him a new deal. He needs this money. And we've seen it time and time again. Yeah. Guys, guys play uh, big in contract years. So I do like that incentive with the Browns right now. That's kind of where I want to go, though. I, I guess I'm going to have to disagree a little, a little bit. I like the Browns under their win total at 10.5, primarily because we haven't really – you mentioned it. Baker's playing for his future. There's a reason for that. For a team that won a playoff game last 
year with a guy that was drafted number one overall. You would think that guy would be going into year four locked up and secure. Now, just as I say that, Josh Allen hasn't locked up an extension yet with Buffalo either from the same draft class. But point being, I think I looked at the nitty gritty of the Browns wins last year, including the playoff win against Pittsburgh, 11 of their 12. Wins they had the lead at halftime. Also, in 11 of their 12 wins, Mayfield did not throw for 300 yards. I know that he's still young. Last year was his lowest passing yard and factors in the rookie season when Tyrod was the starter there in Cleveland. So, get out in games early, upgrade to the secondary. I don't know that they can replicate that same game script. Uh, lead at half. Uh, the defense really last year wasn't that good. Uh, 5.7 yards per play against for Cleveland's defense. That is similarly compared to Dallas at 5.9 yards per play. In Dallas, everybody was clowning their defense week in and week out, and rightfully so. The other thing on Cleveland that I had, just looking some of the things up for them, they averaged 360, plowing 374 yards per game last year. So... I don't know. I, I just don't think as I said, be challenged to come from behind and really put the team on his back. It's kind of been that front seven. And I'm not sold that they replicate that this year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely everything you said is scary, especially the Baker part. Uh, but I'm just all in on what you talked about was that it's all about their run game. And, like, that's the biggest thing. Sure. It's Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. And they just have him ball control. They'll have Odell back as well. So it's one of those where I just, on paper, I look at this team and it's just, man, if Baker doesn't turn it over, they're going to be a really hard team to beat. I, I actually know what you're talking about with the yards they gave up. You have to go look at how many points they gave up. So they pretty much took what Bill Belichick does. Bill Belichick lets you play the whole field. You get to the red zone, you're not sure. getting in. So the Browns pretty much took that style and they ran with it a lot last year. And a couple of their games were just insane. Where, Like, I remember the Cowboys game. I feel like it was one of those crazy, like, 45, 40. Oh, yeah. Um, they definitely can give up some stuff. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But it's it's scary. We're like, you, you're in on them picking that under. It's one of those, you look at their division. I mean, at worst, do you really see them going worse than 2-2 two and two against Pittsburgh and, and the Bengals? Uh, I think that's about fifty three because like, I don't think they're sweeping. But three and three in the division, I think, is the ceiling for them. Right. So I got that's so we're a little different there. Where I had them before and through. Like I had them sweeping the Bengals. Um, again, if people, okay. people are people are going to be high on the Bengals. I just think it, I, you have to look at the coaching. This guy is. I mean, the, a couple close games against Cleveland last year, the Bengals had. They didn't, though. The one game, it was they were up by 13. Back to cover the first one, I know. Yeah. The one Cincinnati back, back was mostly close. That's fair. I'll, I'll give you that one for sure. But it's yeah. it's just one of those where I'm mainly fading their head coach. I'm just so, like, to me, the most two important things in football is quarterback and then head coach. And sure. for me, okay, I, 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 ask, I look at Cincinnati. Ask, like, what impresses you about the fans team Because, dude, I was so down on Cleveland coming into last year. I thought they had one of the worst offensive lines. And it's the fans sure. brought in just the running style they ran there. It's especially now that I've broken it down. I watched it this offseason on tape. It's one of the best pass blocking offenses and run blocking offenses in all football. Like he he's got it dialed in and now you're talking about, in my opinion, two top ten running backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So it's just all these things that line up where they're just set up perfectly for their style, especially the city they're in. 
It's it's built to be running. They're literally sure. on the Great Lakes. Blue collar. Shit. Yeah, terrible weather. Um, I, I, I Again, I don't want to belittle yours too much because I love fading the Browns. Like, that's what I tried doing last year, and they got me because I just did not think they were going to improve like this because I was such down. I was just so down on Baker just from everything I've seen from him. But it looks like they're going to do the same thing that, you know, the Rams did with golf. They're going to be able to hide a guy's weakness yeah. and have a great running yeah. team. So it's definitely one of those where I'm, I'm just high on the whole package of the Cleveland. So some interesting opinions there on the Browns. Let's get to the last two divisions in the NFL as we wrap things up here. I'll be honest, Simon, I don't think there's a lot to go cover. Feel free if if you want to jump in on this FC South. But now that Carson Wentz is going to miss some time, who knows how much. I personally think Indy's going to err on the side of caution only because, as you mentioned in the beginning of the pod, they're going to have to give the Eagles a first-round pick if Wentz plays the 75% of the offensive snaps. And now that he's hurt, I just think that that's like a built-in excuse for them to keep play it safe and keep the pick. And obviously, you got Houston, who's probably the worst team in the league. And Jacksonville, obviously, just won one game. And yeah, maybe Trevor Lawrence can open some eyes. But this division seems pretty boring to me. Yeah, it's terrifying, actually, because everything you just said, why in the world is Tennessee only minus 120 to win this division? Right. It, yeah, that's true. It, it's one of these where as a pro, I, I, I bet it just to hedge my <laughs> bet. I unfortunately am one of those people that bet the Colts to win this division because I I just did not believe that they'd be able to recover after Arthur Smith left Tennessee. I thought that was going to be a huge deal to that team. So for me, it's it's a little fishy. It's a fishy line where. I'm out on Texans, too, and there's no way I'm taking the Jags. They got a rookie head coach coming out of college and a rookie quarterback. Right. Something's going on here. Something's fishy. I don't know if Philip Rivers is coming back. I don't know what's happening, but I know the sports books rarely give away free money, and it, it feels like Tennessee to win this division at minus 120 is free money. Crap. So it, it feels that way, my friend. So I just want people to be careful, but it's one of those where I bet it, and, you know, the Colts might start one and four if what you say is true. Like, they're not bringing back Carson. They got a brutal start to the year. So it's one of those where if you if you take the Titans now for a, a decent amount of money, you'll have an opportunity to hedge back on the Colts when they have a really bad start. Real quick, you think Indy makes a quarterback move? Oh, man. I, I honestly think they would make a move, but Carson Wentz is so weak mentally that they know if they brought Nick Foles in, that would just break. Oh, God, so, I love it. That's an Eagles it, fan. <laughs> yeah, that would be insane if they actually brought him in. So I, I don't think they make any moves. And, yeah, I think they start with Eason. Let's wrap up in the AFC West, the two-time reigning AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs, obviously a very juicy favorite here at minus 250 on the division price. L.A. Chargers are a slight favorite as your second choice, uh, plus 500 thereabout. Denver slightly low love for John Gruden, and they're out to 14 to 1 on this division price. Uh, uh, certainly Kansas City, was, yeah, 12 and a half being the win total, but uh, I'm not quite sure uh, if that's a win total I'm all that interested in. Denver with the quarterback questions, is it going to be a lot better? Uh, Herbert year two, but then you're talking about a first-year coach there and Brandon Staley. I don't, I don't know, Simon. This is another division for me where I just look at it and say, what money 
in these teams right now because Kansas City are paying a premium, and there's just a lot of questions with some of these other teams. Yeah, this is, uh, again, one of the most boring divisions in football. I, I get the love for the Chargers. That's fun and exciting. But we saw with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they just ran their division for all those years. We're going to see the same thing with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. There's just – it's uncomparable. Any team in this division, they don't even come close to that talent level. Where I love everything the Chargers have done. I like the moves they made. I love Herbert. But it's impossible to see any scenario where they somehow outperform uh, the Chiefs, uh, especially with their schedule. The, the Chargers do not have that forgiving of a schedule. So I, I'm, I'm not putting a lot on it, but I did take them to win the division. I just hate betting anything above minus 200. It just feels like the book's getting the better of me. But for this team, it's just one of these where I have to make this bet. And I've made it every year since after his first year. Um, I've made this I've made this bet every year where. I can't not take the Chiefs to win this division. It's just unbelievable how good Patrick Mahomes is. Even that Super Bowl loss, I think anyone watching that was just like, there's no there's no other quarterback we've ever seen play that way, where he was literally right. throwing the ball, laying sideways on the like in the air on the ground. So <laughs> it, it's it's one of those where I, I get why people want to bet it and have fun in this division, but it's it's just a waste of time. So I, I did the one futures on the Chargers at 40 to 1. That's all I'm doing. I'm not doing Herbert to win MVP, none of that. I'm I'm kind of one of those where I respect the Chiefs that much. I'm going to stay away from it. There he is, Simon Hunter from the Action Network as we run through every division in the middle a little bit about the futures market, division prices, win totals, etc. Simon, I really appreciate you hopping on and uh, give him a follow at Simon Hunter TAN, again, host of the co-host of the Favorites Pod for the Action Network and the Volume Network. Chatting, and uh, let's see how our Eagles do this year. Phillies are up 6-3, by the way. Starting to get hot. Division sucks. Maybe they'll find a way into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't been there in about 10 years, so that would be nice. Simon, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, anyway, follow at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. Follow the podcast at full underscore slate underscore pod. Simon, I'd love to chat again. Appreciate it. No problem, buddy. Be good.